Hello everybody, I'm Blakey Beers and you're listening to the great apotheosis of a bombast with Scott and Alton in your ear hole. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 37 of an apotheosis of a bombast. Uh, it's our final episode recording of probably of 2009, probably our, our final 2009 release. So come and celebrate with me, Scott Copperman, and my co-host, Elton McManus. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I do lame introductions, don't I? Hi, guys. <laughs> there we go. Well, I don't really set you up well. I kind of ramble and then pause. Yeah. It's all about the thrower, isn't it? <laughs> Not the catcher. So anyway, come and celebrate with us as we close out 2009. Uh, we're actually recording just before Christmas here, guys, but you probably won't get this until just before the new year. So we hope your uh, holiday season has been going well. I hope uh, you're looking forward to the new year. And and we will definitely be catching you on the flip side, as they say in the hood. Yeah. You would have had Christmas by now. So could you send us all the an email of all the crap stuff that you got for Christmas? Yes. We'll be compiling a list of uh, what were they thinking gifts. Yeah. That'd be great. And the the worst, then the worst, the, the better. No, the worse they are, the better it will be. I think. We also want to hear about your cringe gift giving, where you gave something and you're like, oh my god, oh my god. Did, either you were afraid it was going to backfire, or like it was the ugliest thing I ever gave. You know. Mm, yeah. Stuff like that. On, on that note, in our last show, uh, we talked about my son's attempt to deliver a gift to a young lady. Uh, I don't have any details for you yet. You'll have to check back in episode 38. Ooh. At that time, I'll have hopefully hopefully a happy ending. We'll see how it goes. Oh, fingers crossed for the little lad. Yeah. Uh, so last last show was a lot about us. Today we're going to turn the lens on you. And by you, we don't mean you, the listener in particular, but the rest of the world. Uh, a lot of weird stuff's been going on, and we didn't really get a chance to talk about some of it. Um, one of the things was a new development with the human, not the the albino trafficking, but the human body fat trafficking? Yeah, that's right. Um, the, a police chief, uh, sorry, a police chief has admitted that he made up the whole story. He, uh, hang on, let me read the story to you. Okay. The story sparked headlines around the world when officers in Peru held a press conference to unveil the gory details. They said the victims' bodies were held above candles while the melted fat dripped into tubs positioned below. Sounds gruesome, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm shuddering. Absolutely gruesome, but yeah, the, the, the police chief has turned around and held his hands up after he went around the world and gone, no, I was lying, actually. But doubts were raised when medical experts pointed out that it would be pointless to kill people for their fat when they could collect it from the plastic surgery clinics that performed tummy tucks and operations. Yeah. I think they had a spokesman for a um, one of these tummy tuck places, and they said, we wouldn't throw out hundreds of litres of human fat if it was worth $15,000 a litre. Because they do pull out a lot of fat from people, don't they? Yeah. And you see it in the big uh. big tubs, <laughs> all this yellow stuff just building up, blah, 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 up to the top. But yeah, it was it was all fake. What a tosser. So what was he getting something? Was he recognized as a hero, or was he trying to? Get, why did he do it? What was the point? Why did he do it? It doesn't say in the story. 
I, I would think the three things are either he's recognized as a hero for doing it, or he makes someone else look really bad, or he was trying to cover up something else that was going on, and uh, it doesn't sound like any of those things. It sounds like it's just... Yeah, there were people arrested for this, so maybe he was trying to get them into trouble, just maybe a bad deal went down wrong and he wanted to spite them, so he got them arrested for murdering people and bleeding out their fat. <laughs> so part of me thinks it's just him sitting there and getting caught in an exaggeration. Yeah, he's like, it's a lie on the top of a lie and he's realised he's just gone way too far for it. What you got there? Some gravy there, Officer Jones? Great <laughs> and Gravy? No, this, this isn't gravy. This is uh, human body fat. No, no, really. Yeah, actually, you know those guys I caught last week? They... They were making it. It's human gravy. Oh, oh human gravy. I can't say that. Ah. Human gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. Move on. Oh, God. Why did I do that? Yeah, anyway. Big fat liar. <laughs> Let's put it like that. All right. Well, I, I got a story for you here. There's Go on in. A, a guy in a wheelchair. And and I will start right off the bat. I all about understanding, you know, the need to to make things accessible for people when, you know, it's beyond their control, you know, whether it's, it's, uh, enabling people who are challenged in certain things. Certainly if it's, there are many circumstances where people are resistant and they're wrong to be resistant to do so. But yeah, I mean, it's, the world should be accessible to, to pretty much everyone. So there's this article about a, a Paralympic champion who was at the airport and and he's making a fuss because the airport, it's a, an Australian budget airline, told him he'd have to check his wheelchair, mm-hmm. and and he's he's incensed about it. You know, he's like, I can't believe they made me do it. You know, and so the headline actually says, uh, Paralympian drags himself to the plane after airline makes him check his wheelchair. And it really makes you think that the airline way out of line. Yeah, and, and actually, uh, the airline, it's Jetstar, has issued an apology. They've gone out of the way to say, like, you know, we didn't intentionally embarrass the man or hurt the man at all. So but he, he actually dragged himself across the terminal. He dragged himself across the terminal, uh, in and out of the toilet, and onto the plane. Bloody now, hell. here's the part that that makes me say, this is wrong. The airline didn't say he couldn't get on the airplane. The airline didn't say he had to drag himself through. They said, you have a fancy wheelchair, different than what our airplanes are designed to handle, Mm -hmm. different than what our staff is familiar with. Please allow us to check that wheelchair for you and use this specially designed wheelchair designed for airplane travel, which we have right here, and we'll be happy to help you. Yeah. And... This champion rejected that. He didn't just reject it. He didn't just say, no, thank you. I'll, I'll uh, drag myself through. He made a scene about it, declaring that you know, being in this other kind of wheelchair would be, like he says, would be like having your legs tied together, your pants pulled down, and being carried or pushed through an airport. I could understand if he was truly being... Uh, Disadvantage, and I guess the big difference is the type of wheelchair he had. He could manage on his own. Yeah, he can manipulate himself through things a lot differently. But 
Well, in one fell swoop, they take away his, his independence, haven't they? Well, that, and, and that's his charge, but I, I don't know that it doesn't happen with, with other people, hmm. too. So I, I'm not allowed if... to fly the airplane. You know, I, I can drive my own car. I don't want to have to be. I don't have to be flown. I want to be able to take care of myself. You know, or or even my father's a pilot. I fly myself all the time. Well, sir, you're you're not going to be able to fly this airplane. Yeah, but I but, want to fly. Yeah, I mean, he's. I I don't know. I I find myself understanding what he says, and and no, I would not want to be like walked by the hand everywhere I went. This doesn't seem like that. This seems like a situation where he's making a little bit of a noise about something that it doesn't sound like he was mistreated. It doesn't sound like he was talked down to. It doesn't sound like he was denied anything other than the right to maybe inconvenience everybody else. No, they've just insisted on using their own personal equipment, which the the staff are used to. It probably folds away a lot better than what he's got as well. Yeah, I think I think that the idea, and maybe even his would have worked, but in this world of of insurance restrictions and and yeah. you know everybody, I, no one's allowed to to go beyond what's already pre-approved. I mean, you can't get uh, people to honor a coupon sometimes without checking their manager. No, that's right. And getting permission. It just seems like his entourage could have checked ahead if it was that important to him. They could have checked ahead of time and yeah, if. I see what you're saying about their health and safety aspect because if someone, if one of their staff pushes the guy along and they they go over something, over a bag and he falls out and it's on on the air uh, airport, then they're going to be liable, aren't they? You know, someone is going to turn around and say, "Well, did you use the staff wheelchair or did you use our right. system wheelchair?" No, why not? Oh, well, he can claim against that, and then if he had a lawyer again against it, he'll say. Were you put in one of their wheelchairs? No. Why not? Okay, fair enough. We've got a claim there. It's that stupid mentality of this world where people just claim about everything. Well, we talked about that in our episode about warning labels and all, but that you have to protect people from their own stupidity. So if it, it, the company policy is, according to the article, uh, passengers have to be transferred to an airline wheelchair, which is more maneuverable on the airplane at the boarding gate. I mean, that's their policy. So if they know or believe that it's in his best interest to not be in his personal wheelchair, mm-hmm. like you said, if he gets hurt, they turn around and say, well, did, was the policy that you were not supposed to let him be in the wheelchair? Well, yes, he said he'd be fine. Oh, it doesn't matter if he rejected your – you have to <laughs> – It's they're under obligation to force him yeah. to honor the policy. And it's just a it's a no win for them. And then even more of it, there's no no physical harm to him. He made the scene, crawling on his hands and knees and going out of his way to go make a scene about it and all. And so any embarrassment was sounds like he did it to himself to make a show. Yeah. Well, and ultimately, mm. so they apologized and they said, well, you know, we're working on coming up with alternative procedures. And he says, that's all. As long as that, that's all I wanted was was for forward thinking. Like he's some sort of champion of civil rights. Uh, and I don't know. It's just, I don't know the whole side for him, but it definitely sounds like the headline jumped on the airline. But as I look at the rest of the article, I'm starting to think like, well, you know, 
geez, what, what were those people supposed to do? You got like a mid-level management at best at the airport. Yeah. Who's got their handbook. I'm sorry, sir. Airline policies will be probably even offered to put him on another flight if he wanted to. And probably made a whole bunch of offers. Yeah, that would probably be one of the first sentences out of their mouth. You know, airline policies states, you know, you have to use this wheelchair. And you can imagine him going, I don't care about policy. I want yeah. my wheelchair. Blah, blah, blah. Here. And he jumps out of it. Well, he slides out of it and... Frozen. Keep your wheelchair. Yeah. Oh, okay. My, yeah. Check my wheelchair in. And he stomps off, dragging himself across the airport. Yeah. And then he turns around and waves a fist in the air. I want my wheelchair. Look at me. Look what they've done to me. You can imagine him doing that, can't you? Yeah. yeah and along. he might not have, but I, that's what I picture. And and, it, and again, I, I know. like If this were something where he were not allowed on the airplane because he needed assistance, I, or, or I mean, I could see situations where... You know, he was being denied something. This doesn't sound like he was being denied anything other than you being told you have to turn off your cell phone when you get on the airplane. Yeah. Just standard policy. Yeah. yeah I, I can imagine him making a scene in one, one of the coffee shops or something like that, walking up and, can I have a coffee, please? I can't reach the counter because your people put me on this floor. And, you know, come on, mate. <laughs> give, give him a rest. You know, there, there's a, a person walking behind him with a wheelchair saying, please, sir, just jump in. Come on, please. Yeah. No, I refuse to get into your wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And, uh, You're walking too slow, bringing him too fast. It's, you know, there's yeah. some, well, I don't know. We don't know much about him, but I, I just felt like the article was definitely against the airline. And, you know, whenever says, like, it's, un, you know, if it was about a person, you'd say, oh, it's so wrong they said that about that person. But when it's about a company, yeah, it's like, Oh, they got millions of dollars. Well, not now. Is he a gold medalist or anything like that? He's a Paralympian champion. He won marathon gold in Beijing in the Athens Paralympics. Okay. Uh, Let's see what else we got. Oh, another medical story I had here was about a man in a coma and a man in, I guess he's in Brussels. So for 23 years, he was diagnosed as being in a coma. And so he's he'd be in the hospital room, and people were coming in and out, and you know, like you would do when you think someone's like a vegetable. You know, you talk, you tell them your stories, you, you cry, you, you probably are upset sometimes, and lots yeah. of things. But so you know, this goes back to like 1980s, 1990s. It, it turned out with newer medicine and, and diagnosis, they've now figured out that that he was in a certain kind of condition. That was more like paralysis, really. But but fully lucid, but com- but completely unable to respond. So Black for twenty three years, he's been laying there, hearing what people are saying and knowing. And you know, and, and I know people say sometimes like when someone's in a coma, you know, they can hear and they know, and and you do things for people who you think are in a vegetative state because you think they're still responding to the noise. But this is different. This was just essentially. His condition, which I don't remember the exact name of it, it might say here in the article, but his condition was much more a matter of, of paralysis, just complete body paralysis that he could Bloody not blink, hell. wiggle. It, it looked like he was in a coma and it yeah. said, you know, he was tortured because because his brain was healthy well, yeah, in, in that he's sense. He's sitting there and he can hear everything. Oh, that must be horrible. It says, uh, over the years, his family refused to accept 
the word of doctors, firmly believing their son knew what was happening around him, and gave no thought to letting him die. And the family feels vindicated by the breakthrough. Let me find there was a little thing here. Oh, during his two lost desk decades, his eyesight deteriorated, but he could hear the doctors and nurses and visitors at his bedside. He felt the touch of his relatives. During that time, he heard them talking about the fact his father died, and he wasn't able to do anything. Bloody hell. Uh, to to show the emotion, but he felt the emotion. So once they did this brain scan, this newer brain scan, the doctors tried taking a different approach and see if they could get any means of him to be able to, to communicate. And so they found a way for him to to be get some mobility in his foot so he could answer yes and no. Mm-hmm. And now I think he's at a point where he can kind of communicate with his pinky a little bit on a computer screen and such. But I I just can't imagine how horrible that must be. That must be horrible. Recently, he went to visit his father's grave. And what he actually said is he started writing a book. However, he's communicating and all, but they just what, you know, they talk about how horrible it would be to be buried alive. Yeah. That's essentially what you are. Yeah. In this state. Yeah. And imagine if the discussion was about like, like pulling the plug or putting him to rest and, and he's, a, he's, Awake, alive, hearing it. Yeah, he's pretty screaming out in his mind, yeah, don't turn it off, don't turn yeah. it off, but nothing's coming out, is it? They say, though, that his his family was pretty uniformly, like, believing not against that. You know, there was no, uh, it wasn't like the wife wanted to say he put him out of his misery. Mm-hmm. Like, they believed in their hearts that he was still able to hear them, so for 23 years, they wow, they wrote it out. Well, congratulations, fella. Yep. His name is Rom Huben, H-O-U-B-E-N. And again, we'll have a link to this story. Yeah. It's from, uh, I don't know when it's from. It says it's from today, but I actually found it. Oh, November 23rd. Wow. So I think we have one more story here (laughs) about the human tragedies and condition. Yes, I have a story from December the 9th. Exploding chewing gum blows off student's jaw. A chemistry student has been found dead with his jaw blown off by what is to be believed as exploding chewing gum. A young man who studied at Kiev Polytechnic Institute was working at a computer late on Saturday when he alleged heard an explosion happen. A loud pop was heard from the student's room. I think... What was he dipping it in? I I read that he was dipping it in. Ah, Citric acid, I think. Some weird mix. The student apparently had a bizarre habit of chewing gum after dipping it into citric acid. Now, I don't know what sort of chemical reaction would have happened there, but he's been dipping it into this stuff, chewing away, and pop! Off comes his chin and kills him. Well, they say they found citric acid packets and some other unidentified substance that might have been an explosive material. And then someone in the comments section says, well, maybe it mixed with something in his fillings or... It's just bizarre, though. It's horrible, isn't it? Now that, you know, there's there's cases of tragedy. You know, someone someone thinks they have an innocent product and, and things go horribly wrong. This sounds like this guy just literally did it to himself. He was faffing around with stuff, wasn't he? Yeah. He, he had lots of chemicals at his disposal and he was mucking around with them. Probably liked the taste of a couple of them and maybe maybe he tried a couple of chemicals out. They didn't like each other. He had a little bit left in one of his teeth. And all of a sudden, kablamo, his chin comes off. 
<laughs> I'm always intrigued by stuff like this, though, too. In the back of my head, I think it, it's just coincidence that maybe he was chewing gum while something else happened. And then you get this, like, Inspector Clouseau type who goes, ah, it is this exploding gum. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he had gum in his mouth while the, you know, did you notice the computer blew up, too? Ah, oh, no, no, but it's the gum. It's, you know, I always wonder if it's not just some overzealous investigator going like, ah, it's a mix of this, this, and this. Mm. Or maybe not. <laughs> but That'd be awesome if you had Inspector Clouseau come around every single time there was a mm-hmm. murder or... <laughs> be a lot of uh, tripping and falling and <laughs> coincidental yeah. crime solving going on. Yeah, but what a bizarre way to go, though. I just have to, you know, even that, this sounds like one of those Mythbusters, I might actually send this to Mythbusters, where they go and they kind of reproduce the things, and oh. and they'll sit there and check and find that it would have had to have been the equivalent of like a fist-sized amount of explosive Yeah. to bl- to do the damage. I mean, unless he was chewing uh, C4 with a wire connected <laughs> to the computer at the time. To put a little electric pole, maybe he had like a little C4 USB key, and he was just nibbling on that. <laughs> but it, it reminds me of the um, the chewing gum in uh, in Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. The the red and red and green, I think it is, and they throw it against the window, and the window explodes, or was it the fish tank explodes? I don't know. It's a rubbish film, anyway. <laughs> Maybe he's trying to reproduce that scene. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe he had a stack of good chewing gum and tested chewing gum. Uh huh. He got them mixed up. Got a phone call, looked away, came back, and couldn't remember what he had on his hand. Yeah, stuck in the wrong one into his mouth, and... Blabo! <laughs> one second, is it just a trailer for anyone? Um, this is a trailer for everyone. Anyone. For the universe? Yeah. So this is... This, yep, yeah, just do a trailer. Go on, over to you, James. Trailer now. Trailer. First, there was silence. Then, there was light. Then there was something going on with Gamagus at the periodic table. Finally, there was man. Wasn't the first time there was a big noise before there was silence? Don't interrupt me in my dramatic opening. Anyway, finally, there was Ross, and then there was James. No, you're older than me. Don't interrupt me during my biographical rundown. And then, and then there was Creeping with Armstrong, which is our podcast. Listening to us roughly once a month, it is I, James. And me, Ross, who and interrupts James when he's trying to um, have his big ego moment. That's pretty much the uh, the scale of it. We talk about anything and everything. Things have been going on in our lives, but most more than likely things which are geeky-based. Be it television, be it film, be it books, be it comics, be it music. Whatever we're in the mood to talk about. It's free, it's monthly. Guarantee you total satisfaction, baby. <laughs> so you can you can pick that up on iTunes. Just search for Creep with Armstrong. Look on the interweb or, or internet or the internet www.creepwitharmstrong.co.uk or follow us on Twitter. It's Revolting Ross or Randall seventy seven. Okay, see you soon. See you soon. Or hear you soon. Yeah, no, you hear us soon. That's the one. Yeah. Well. It is still time before Christmas, and we've had some uh, some pretty horrible stories here. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a, a link that I thought we'd throw in to kind of close out today's show here. It comes from my friend Rose, and it is 10 weird holiday presents for your pooch. 
from dogblog.dogster.com. And I, I recognize that many of you will be checking this list out after the holiday, but it's still worth considering because, you know, you might have got a gift card. You got a little bit of money there to spend after all those after Christmas sales. Hmm. Might be able to get a good deal on one of these things. So what these are are 10 weird presents, and basically any present for a pet is kind of odd. Uh, but there are some kind of comments in the description of the, the products that, that make this a little extra worth worth the look. So we can kind of run through them kind of quickly here. Number one on the list is the chicken-scented bubble dispenser, <laughs> which is basically an automatic bubble blower like the kids play with. Um, but it adds chicken flavoring, which adds to the festive mood and sticky, smelly walls and floors. Well, yeah, dogs like chasing bubbles anyway, don't they? Yeah. For yeah, some... but it's true. Like, if you do that, then the bubble's going to pop and you're going to have basically chicken soup on your wall or sofa. Oh, or... no. Yeah, your front room is smell of it. And... Ugh. <laughs> uh, they have the GPS collar, which actually, it makes sense that you might get a GPS collar if, if you have a pet that tends to wander and such, but it's if... the description that they go into. Yeah, if you're rubbish about keeping hold of your pets. Yes. I am a bad owner, and my dog is a complete moron. It says, <laughs> it says, it's humiliating beyond belief for dogs who are known for getting lost. Wearing a GPS collar is akin to your dog carrying a sign that says, I have absolutely no sense of direction. The most I do for pets is buy them a couple of treats for Christmas and go, ho, 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 here, have a fish or here, have, have a doggy biscuit. They have no idea what day it is, but I wonder if they do. I wonder if they get a sense like, well, I mean, they probably sense a change in the, the house and, and the owner's family and stuff, the routine, but... Yeah, I think they're more into the routine, aren't they? Yeah. Having people gone for five days, having people there for two days, but I don't think they get a sense of, I wonder if I was born on this day. Well, if your dog is wondering if it truly is a purebred, they sell a DNA test kit. You can get the do-it-yourself cheek swab, which yeah. is less expensive but not quite as accurate. Or you can get the more accurate, pricey version, which involves a blood test at the vet's office. I thought it was going to be a home blood kit. Ugh. There's the dog painting kit, which is where you, not where you decorate your dog, but where your dog basically gets to paint. I guess it's like an ink pad or paint pad, and your dog can slap it around and create artwork. My God. <laughs> There's uh, <laughs> the beer opener collar. Which we'll give a little shout out to the boys at Here Goes Nothing with this. Because nothing says my owner's an idiot better than being forced to wear a collar that has his very own beer bottle opener. That's not a present for the dog. That's a present for the owner. Look look what my dog can do. There's actually a, a video. Well, there's there's the Bark for Beer collar, which has a demonstration video you can check. Can I just play this video? Hang on a second. Sure. Let me just see if there's any, any decent audio in there. Okay, hang on, I've got to play this. Good boy. Hi, my name is Joey. just want to demonstrate how easy it is for me to open this beer on my dog. <laughs> Magical. Let's drink. Now, without the aid of eyes and seeing the video... When he turned around and said, let's open this beer on my dog, he could have been <laughs> shoving it up his ass for, you know, <laughs> cracking open there. <laughs> All right, let me just get my dog's tea towel holder here. And 
Oh, look at that lovely <laughs> beverage. <laughs> Let me just lift it up for you, whippy tail. <laughs> Good and you guys got to check out the video because the guy doing it is, uh, he's how you picture him to be. Yeah, he didn't stick a bottle of beer up his bum, by the way. All right, so you have two two choices of beer opening collars. And Bark for Beer has the demonstration video, so I want to go that route. Uh, let's see. So then there's goggles, again, because... Uh, well, there's goggles because sunglasses would just look silly, you know, but goggles, on the other hand, they're classy. And with the little strap, they stay right on. Isn't that a very Par- Paris Hilton thing to do, though? Uh, it looks like Paris Hilton's dog, though. Yeah. And they're not... They're crazy goggles. They're like mad scientist slash swimmer combination goggles. They're huge, aren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Why, why, uh... why would a dog need sunglasses to protect it from those nasty UV rays? Balls, it'd go indoors. Or it'd go in its little hut out in the garden. Or it'd find... Can dogs squint? I've never seen a dog squint. Um, do you know? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> Can a dog swim? No one's ever asked me that question before either. We'll, we'll check on it. I'll, it's, I should check uh, one of the wikis to go back and check those out from last show. Well, then there's the brilliant Chewy shoe toy. You know, because it's... You know, give a dog a toy that looks like a shoe and then get mad at it when it goes and chews your shoes. Yeah, I have issues with that. You know, you, you give... Exactly what you just said. You You give a dog or something like that a toy to play with, it looks like something of your property. In your mind, it's, oh, look, he'll chew that. He won't chew my shoes. Yeah. But you give a, a cat a mouse to play with, it only looks like a mouse for us. It doesn't look mm-hmm. like a mouse for a cat, does it? It's a grey blob. It is, yeah. <laughs> you could give a mouse, oh, sorry, a cat a uh, ping pong ball on a string. It would jump around on it just mm-hmm. as much as that toy mouse on the floor. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. And they don't smell like mice, which is good, but they smell like rubber. Yeah. <laughs> so. But one thing that does worry me, I know a lot of people give dogs their um, like stuffed animals and stuff like that, which is uh-huh. fine. I've got no problem about that at all, unless they've got young children. Yeah. And they have little toys of their own. And the, the owners will go, no, that one's yours. And the one the baby's playing in, in its crib, that one's theirs. But the dog yeah. doesn't know that. And it... That's when you get mistakes happening, and that's when you get, yeah, just crap happening. So don't do that, kids. Well, if you want to think of what might happen, too, then there's the next thing on the list, the Chewy Bra Toy, <laughs> which comes with two squeakers. Ouch. Oh, dear. No, I, I can see accidents <laughs> happening there. No, get down. Get down. That's not a squeaker, <laughs> Snuggles. <laughs> uh, let's see. we got two things left here. You've got... The dog armoire, perfect gift for the wee dog who's getting tired of picking out their fashion choices from the floor. What's the matter with people? And then finally, the talking treat ball. The idea behind the talk to me treat ball is that you record your voice in the ball, and when your dog noses around the ball to seek out hidden treats, your voice is activated, bringing comfort, joy, and possibly freaking out other dogs who wonder how their suddenly shrunken person got into the rolling ball. <laughs> so the Chewy Bra Toy is probably, if I was going to buy one of them, that's probably what I'd buy. In your size? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I really don't understand humans sometimes. How come they don't make uh, Chewy Jock Straps? 
And would that have one or two squeakers? Oh, God. <laughs> and what happens if your dog humps the bra, and then all of a sudden you wake up in the middle of the night? Why is the bed rocking, dear? And you turn around, and there's your dog just humping her boobies. <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, that's probably a good spot to stop. I, I think so, yeah. All right. With a vision of a dog humping your lady's <laughs> boobies. <There you> go. <laughs> so for a moral, should we, uh, I don't know, should we just go with have a, have a Merry Christmas? Um, no, it's too late for that. No, that's rubbish. No, it's, it's all gone. And I don't like New Year's. I'm not a big fan of New Year's. So, A moral. A moral. A moral. Mm. Something with uh, the beer opener. <laughs> a dog's bum is not a beer opener. Yeah. <laughs> So that's our moral today. A dog's bum is not a beer opener. Awesome. So uh, I guess that's it. So next time you'll hear from us, it'll be 2010. Yes. It'll be in the future. Ooh. Ooh. So I guess uh, you know, we want to thank you guys, whether you're a new listener or an old listener, for it's been nearly a year now. We really enjoyed making the show. We're glad you've enjoyed the last 37 episodes. We are still working on the human bombast. So we'll have that for you uh either in the next episode or very soon. Yeah, send your uh, body parts, your unwanted body parts, the bits that don't work, the bits that do work that you're happy with as well, and Mm -hmm. send them to bombastpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. We also want to know about your gifts. If you had a, what were they thinking gift, or if you were guilty of sending a what was I thinking gift to somebody. Mm. We want to hear your stories. I'm sure we'll have some of our own. And, uh, and just on a, a side note, too, doing a little bit of, uh, of digging around on my own, and you know, I'm not going to get into it too much here, but if, if you have a family member who um, has ADD or ADHD, and I mean, like, for real, not like, oh, my, my sister is always forgetting stuff. Well, not like that. I mean, someone who's, <laughs> who's got the real condition. Um, I, just kind of on a more personal note, I'd be interested in... in uh, talking with you if you are comfortable with it so send me an email please and I'll, I'll go into more detail off air cool but uh, that's basically it so thank you guys so much for everything and we will uh, be on Twitter throughout the holidays and after yep. and we'll talk to you next year yeah happy new year guys and I'll see you later alright thanks thanks bye, bye.